1: Fratalone's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 853, May 18th, 2022. 93 degrees on this day in 2012, and as chilly as uh, 27 degrees in 1915. The same day they had two inches of snow on this day in 1915. These uh, weather records are brought to you by Aquaside. 93 degrees in 2012. Yes, the kids were swimming, and I hope they were swimming on a beachfront clip. Kept f- uh, free of weeds and algae by Aquacide Products, a White Bear Lake company. The products are made in White Bear. They get rid of everything that you don't want to see or have those kids touch with their feet. They've been doing this for more than 60 years. The products are easy to use and they work quickly. And they are, yes, registered with the EPA and DNR. There is no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquacide. Doesn't a swimming pond sound nifty? that uh, sure does. You know what the rope mm-hmm. swing and the mm-hmm. whole deal, yeah. Uh don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. I have a frat There's story. your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of For common the sense, your mayor, Joe Suchere. Is it a
2: long story? Very brief. You guys are very aware of how uh, meticulous the mayor can be when he's oh here boy. inside the office. Oh sure. boy. So yesterday, uh, Mike comes in so that we can do record the weekly scramble about 2 o'clock, which is per, per usual on a Tuesday afternoon. He says, hey, Joe, how are you? No, hey, how are you, Mike? Hey, how, th- how are things? So I've got these patches in my backyard. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> But I, I know him. I mean, well, what, and Mike expects nothing different. Right. That's exactly what he wants. Right. So he gave the mayor some advice, and off, off we went. I don't have time for niceties. God, it was just fantastic. <laughs> here's,
1: here's a guy. Scott
2: wants, uh, how do I enter for the snowplow
1: drawing? Oh, is this, is this the right place? I would like to choose November 14th for the first four inch or more snowfall at Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport. These drawings and giveaways are the best idea that GL ever had. Always shoving back in good luck, Scott K. P.S., can you do something about the static that keeps interfering with your podcast, especially during thunderstorms? He's got to be, that's, that's a joke, isn't it? I would assume so. Because yeah, uh, yeah,
2: the podcast be. doesn't have static. He's probably referring to the old AM radio days.
3: Well, you can apply to win a brand new Boss V-plow, uh, the 8-foot version, steel, um, by guessing the first day at GL, the first Friday, that we have more than 4 inches of snow. The lucky winner will win a brand-new Boss V-plow.
2: Hubbard Broadcasting does not endorse what I Kenny endorse
3: just said. At all. There's no, there's but no. <laughs> if we start selling it now, there's a good chance by then... Uh, I wonder if Tri-State... Well, I better check. I wonder if Tri-State sells uh, V-plows.
1: Uh, Brant writes, Mayor, what's the difference between all the shootings and murders happening daily in places like Chicago or the Twin Cities and this nut job who went to shoot black people in a store? Isn't evil evil no matter what the color of someone is? Yes. It feels like we've been trained to react like this and likewise not react when thugs shoot thugs all over inner cities. I mean, this killing in the Buffalo supermarket is nothing in the total numbers we see nowadays. It's, is that even a bad weekend in Chicago in defense of, of, of Brandt, I don't think he's downplaying the shootings in Buffalo. What he's suggesting is, and since we did... Need to find some grander reason for killing Spree like the one in the supermarket. Can't it just be evil? Dare I say an act of the devil? Does no one believe that evil exists every damn day? It seems we continue to see this kind of sickness, and instead of the real reasons like lack of God, faith, money, love, etc., we look to how humans can fix it with science and politics, that we can fix everything ourselves, even though that has been failing us for decades now. Maybe it's just bigger, but we're too arrogant to acknowledge it. As always, good luck, Brandon.
2: Um John, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll handle it because I could see you have the same look as I do. The, the the key difference, though, is there is, to me anyway, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, there's a major difference between 10 innocent people yes, getting gunned absolutely. down in a supermarket and, and as opposed think, to two I, I, gangbangers. He, he's
1: emailed frequently. I don't think that's what he was saying. It was okay. written poorly. It was, okay. That's not what he's saying at all. Okay. That's not what he's saying at all. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, I hear from Brent almost daily. He's yeah. a good guy. He is a good, a good guy, guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I hear from a guy who always signs his emails, Two.
3: <laughs> I haven't heard from Tim. <laughs> well, he's
1: been a great contributor Miss, along Mr. with Kelsey too. and Jordy <laughs> and Fram and all the others and Downing. I, I don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, I have a quiz for you, and this is really going to open our eyes to what's happened to us just paper. in the last year. Do you know the name Ahmad al Alawi al Issa. I do not. I'll repeat r- it. Remember? Oh, think so. Ahmad al Alawi al Issa.
3: Nope, doesn't not ring a bell. Not Don't look it bell. up, John. That's cheating. Okay, sorry. He caught me. Cheater. Jeez. <laughs> He's counting cars.
1: A gunman walked into a supermarket <laughs> and killed 10 people. No, I'm not talking about the Buffalo shooting. I'm talking about the Boulder, Colorado supermarket shooting that occurred just last year. Yep, oh, okay. I do remember. The I similarities remember that. are uh, remarkable. The gunman in that case was an immigrant from Syria, but no one blamed all Syrians or all immigrants. No one blamed conservatives or liberals or said that talk show hosts encouraged him to attack white people. One of the people killed was a police officer, but no one blamed Rachel Maddow for her anti-police rhetoric. We saw it for what it was, an individual act of depravity by an evil man. It is quite obvious that the shooter in Buffalo this week was also mentally ill, and the people around him failed to control him. His diary describes how his mother helped him bury a cat he had beaten to death in a rage and then beheaded with a hatchet in the garage. Yes. I I verified that on other sites. And there's a sign right there. If you're hurting animals, you're going to ultimately hurt people. Jeffrey Dahmer hurt animals. Uh, This is exactly the type of thing Jeffrey Dahmer did to small animals. A year ago, a high school assignment asked, what do you want to do when you retire? And uh, Peyton Gendron answered, commit murder-suicide. His teacher reported the threat to authorities, and he was sent to the emergency room for a psychiatric evaluation. He was held there for just 20 hours and then released. It is just over a year since the Boulder shooting, and I have a question that I would like to ask all GLers. How many even recall the supermarket shooting for March 22, 2021, that also killed 10 people? I bet most don't. And that speaks to the incredible bias now in how the media covers these tragic events. If it fits a liberal agenda, it will be covered for days on end and be used to smear political opponents with fringe theories from the Internet. If not, it will be quickly forgotten. President Biden went to Buffalo yesterday, and I believe that was the right thing to do. But President Biden never went to Boulder to comfort the 10 grieving families there. They were quickly forgotten. That tragedy could not be exploited for political purposes. On March 22nd, 2021, a mass shooting occurred at a King Supers supermarket in Boulder, Colorado. Ten people were killed, including a local on-duty police officer. The alleged shooter, 21-year-old Ahmad al Alawi al-Issa, was arrested after being shot in the right leg. He was temporarily hospitalized before being moved to the county jail. Uh, After undergoing mental evaluations during the legal proceedings, al-Issa was found mentally incompetent to stand trial in December and in April of this year, just a month ago. Uh, The shooting, well, I don't need to review the shooting, but he was a Syrian immigrant, and it is telling to me, I certainly didn't remember this.
2: Well, I I will say I did remember because I drove through Boulder less than a week after that. Once I told you. But I I was going to say, I don't remember the name of the shooter, but I clearly remember the incident in Boulder. It's interesting you brought this up, Joe. Alpha News had a piece pretty much
3: sounding the same, although they didn't mention that. They did, uh, the headline, uh, very telling, no data supports the threat of white supremacists. Mm -hmm. And like that emailer, um, they only use instances where it's a white-on-black crime, mm-hmm. never black-on-Chinese or black-on-black black or any other combination thereof. And when they say things like uh, domestic violent extremist or white um, more and more, first it was a political code for Trump supporters, now it's just political code for GOP, which they now just mention openly. Mm-hmm. That They don't even allude to it. They just say um, this is Republican, you know, people, policies, etc.
1: Well, I, I just think it's very telling that <clears throat> no one weighed in on the murdering rampage by Ahmad al alawi al-Issa. Nobody weighed in. It, it didn't become a national discussion. Right. Today it's a national
0: discussion. Right. Well did we find anything out about him at the time do do we know anything about him was i mean obviously this kid that did this shooting left a a trail of you know why the shooting happened uh, which it should be a national discussion i i can give you some of that uh did he hate white people did he hate americans did he
1: he was born in Syria in 1999 and became a naturalized U.S. citizen. His family immigrated to the U.S. in 2002 and moved to Arvada, California. Uh, Al-Issa's older brother said that Al-Issa has a long history of paranoia. Uh, he's disturbed and antisocial behavior uh, that he, that developed after he apparently was bullied in high school and his brother was concerned for his mental health mm-hmm. Al Issa was convicted of a misdemeanor in 2018 for punching a classmate in high school. He pleaded guilty to an assault charge in relation to the incident and received a year of probation and was ordered to undergo 48 hours of community service. Uh, Al Issa expressed on his now deleted Facebook page and to his former high school wrestling teammates that he believed he was being targeted for harassment due to racism and Islamophobia. Uh, according to Site Intelligence Group, whatever that was, there was no indication on his Facebook account that suggested radical views of any kind, whether it be Islamist, anti-Trump, or anything else. Al-Is, his brother, said he believed the shootings were not a political statement. The Boulder County District Attorney uh, waited to reveal more information about al Is's motives while the FBI and other agencies were investigating the case.
3: Okay.
1: He was ultimately charged with 10 counts of
0: first-degree murder. Do we think, okay, as a news person, mm-hmm. I certainly think what he had written, the Gendron kid, yeah. is part of the story. Yeah. I, uh, I don't it, deny I, that. Yeah. So I think you have to get that out there. Uh, are we, all we're saying then is that don't use it for political
1: It's uses. clearly, John, John, it's clearly been used for political
0: purposes. Oh, cl- yeah, cl- from from the first hour, basically. And I think
1: Timbuktu's point is, well, here was the... Same number of people, also in a supermarket. Ask the man on the street two weeks from now about Buffalo. They'll likely be able to tell you Jandron's name, but none of us, including me, remembered this. And it was not. It was a year ago. Yeah, I remember the shooting. I I, well, now that it's any, come, now that details, now that he's been, yeah. now that he's made us aware of it again, of course I remember it.
0: Yeah, well, I would agree with Timbuktu, too. About the political aspect, but I think all the racism part of gender has to be reported, obviously. But is as this part
2: of the story? This is probably going to be something very sad. But as we discussed on Monday's show, Monday, Monday or Tuesday, we've had over 200 mass shootings just this year. It's hard. It's sadly, it's hard to keep them straight with yeah. the name of the shooter, the the which particular mass shooting happened, because that's just where we're at. But when we do hear about them.
3: It's from one side or the other, and it's usually from federal government fomenting mass psychosis in order to make the public more dependent on them, the gods that rule over us and that will save us from ourselves. You notice Biden doesn't go to every funeral for every mass shooting. He only goes where it's politically convenient, where he can foment this mass psychosis, this all whites hate black. Now, like, we're, we're in the middle of a Charlie Manson race war right now. I would like Biden to have gone to Waukesha and deliver a heartfelt speech about why are you
1: prosecutors keep, not keeping these prisoners in jail?
2: Well, and remember in that case, we, t- we talked about it on this show. Most major national outlets said people were killed by a car. No, they were killed by a psychopath who decided to run them they, down. Who it happened to be
1: black. It
3: doesn't fit their agenda. Right. And their agenda, part of their agenda, is this race war where all of a sudden whites hate black, blacks hate white, blacks hate Chinese, and on and on and on. I don't hate anybody. I I know. Except for us. And same with with most of, yeah, ironically, the people I hate are all white. Um, (laughs) You know, same with all of us, but it doesn't fit this agenda of this mass psychosis well, that they seem
2: to be perpetrating. Look
1: at the way the media has performed. Let's come up with a few examples. Well, I have something on that too but go ahead. Well the kid on the Washington Mall.
2: Catholic, uh, Covington well, Catholic High School.
1: White kid who instantly was accused of racism mm-hmm. which turned out not to be the case. Who I hope won, he got a hundred million He won
2: several lawsuits correct? There yeah, was at least. Yeah. Okay.
1: And uh, what are some others? Uh, my God they're they're frequent well interestingly enough on this uh, supermarket in Boulder the uh, the initial 911 calls reported to be a white guy and the minute it was discovered that he wasn't is it, it just became a local incident for them
3: what do you want can I go yeah what is the media in the business of doing Reporting what do you know those? what I'll, I'll, no, no, they're not, Joe. And I'll give it away. I'll start with us. What are we doing here? What is GL? And, I, and I'm sorry to give it away. Garage Logic is show business. If we didn't have commercials, the four of us wouldn't be here.
1: Well, that's, that, hardly, that's just,
3: uh, no, 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 let me go. And that's just a simple, that's the fact of the matter. There's 5 billion podcasts and none of them matter because it's a bunch of ding-dongs talking about sewing circles and they're not getting paid money. We are. It's show business. All of this mass media, CNN, Fox, it doesn't matter who, they're all in the business of show business. They're catering to their demographic. All they're doing is selling ads, getting viewership numbers. And they're going to report on whatever their demographic wants to hear. That's my take. But our anyway. material... Right. Uh, it's pure, and it comes from our heart, and we're being <laughs> us. I'm being Kenny. You're being you. you. We believe in what we're saying. We're not faking it. But face it, if we didn't have our partners in advertising, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, I'm struggling to make the link you're trying to make. Well, I, I mean, You're stating something that's obvious. Well, the, the, yeah, but everybody thinks that you know, evil CNN is perpetrating this, and evil Fox is perpetrating this. They're perpetrating ad dollars and viewership numbers. That's they're, all they're. Perpetrating. They're catering to their base. They're catering to their base in order to get bigger numbers, in order to to sell ad time. It's that simple. Well, I I I, I would contest that we don't even have a base. Our
1: topic range runs a really wide gamut, right, And that's why we get beat up on Facebook every evening. <laughs> you know, I mean, was, I'm as capable of angering uh, somebody on the right as I am on the left.
3: As all of us are. Yeah, I see you know. Email. And John thinks everybody thinks John is this awful, awful liberal. Oh, he's I, a hippie! I, I got commie, news for yeah. you. John <laughs> is just like the rest of us here. We've got leanings in both directions, and. What we say comes from our heart, not from some agenda that we have.
0: What were you going to say, me, Johnny? Uh, may I defend for a moment, anyway? The media. Go ahead. <laughs> After yeah. that, uh, well, in, is it the reporting of this story or is it the reaction from politicians that annoy us? To me, it would be the reaction of the politicians. I don't. What, what is the media doing wrong? Are they reporting uh, about his manifesto? Isn't that that should be? Well, the New York Times, for example,
1: uh, uh, went immediately to blaming the uh, uh, what's the the replacement theory to blaming the replacement theory and 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 happily pointing out that Tucker Carlson uh, has talked about it four hundred
0: times. Yeah, I don't know how many times. Four hundred. Just trying to make a point there.
3: So then should we switch our allegiances instead of big corporate media to people like uh, Rebs Bannon, Rebecca Brannon, who we had on this show, who doesn't seem to be having an agenda, although most of her stuff does appear on conservative sites? Well,
1: because that's that's what's become of common sense. If you just have common sense, you're just called a conservative.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, which you're is, called right-wing.
3: Yeah, well, yeah w- which is, let, let's remind everybody, um, we hate all blacks. Uh, yeah. We hate poor people. Right. We we hate the environment, and uh, on, on and on and on.
1: It's to the point where if you're conservative, the uh, Mysterians will call you a racist. Right. For right. For merely having thoughts of conservation, Right. of conservatism. Right, if
3: you question CRT, yeah, well, you're... Uh, a the premise. Yes, John. I, I,
0: need, I need to get back to the media. Yeah. So what you're telling me is in the original reporting of this story, the replacement theory aspect and everything that's happened historically with it should be ignored?
3: Mm, I, I wouldn't say that. That's what I'm not, maybe, not getting here. Maybe I don't Joe think would. it should
1: have been immediately seized upon until you know more.
0: Okay. What do you think, John? Well, I, yeah, I think it's a, a relevant part of the story. As we talked about yesterday, or I said, you got the third-ranking House Republican running ads about it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and you got this kid in his manifesto saying it's, you know, what's wrong with the world, and part of the reason he's going to go kill people.
3: Mm-hmm. But didn't he also rip conservatives? Yes, he
1: did. So,
0: yeah, he ripped everybody. Yeah, yeah in the thing. Yeah, maybe. Now, now I can see, you know, like Schumer. You know, that grandstand where he right. sent the letter to Fox. I right. mean, that's just asinine. Right. That, to me, those are the people that in this so, situation are, should w- not.
3: We're not actually debating him, right? Because we all collectively agree that he's insane.
0: No, we're, yeah, he's, we're
3: talking and debating about the coverage of him. Exactly. Right, yep. right.
1: We, uh, this, this kid was undeniably full of hate for black people. Right? Yes. At the same time, he perfectly fit the template for... that is operating in more newsrooms than it is not. A white man, because of his racism, I think attempts are being made To paint a lot of white people as racists who are not racist.
0: Okay. I get get your point.
1: Yeah. That's the template. That's the narrative. If you're white, you're bad. And this guy was bad. He's a bad guy. He's evil.
2: Just like the the guy in Boulder was evil.
1: Was evil, and he didn't happen to be white. Evil is evil. It's not terribly... Confusing, is it, if you look at it that way? not I still us.
3: I still think the mass media is um, um, partially guilty for what I call this fomenting of a mass psychosis that I believe the federal government on both sides is up to. This making all of us
2: dependent we, on Well, them. we've discussed this before. Clearly, there, there is an intent for division in this country, on both sides, by the way. Yeah. Because... The government can then become stronger when we are divided, as we are right now, more than any time in my lifetime.
0: Well, even our, our enemies are doing the same thing on Twitter. They purposely yeah. put things on Twitter to try and cause dissension in the United States. Mm-hmm. That's been proven with Russia mm-hmm. and China, both doing the same thing and making it appear that they're, you know, Americans that are posting when it's really
2: bad actors. Right. Take a time out. But first, Joe, yeah. one thing that can bring us all together, Yes. getting rid of mosquitoes. I think so. Mo Dash Shield. Well, you just don't spell the dash. Don't put the dash in there. That's right. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Ray and Mike. They are a father and son team who operate two franchises right here in the Twin Cities. And guess what? They have one simple plan, and that's getting rid of mosquitoes and ticks. That's their expertise. They're not like other pest control companies that also spray for bugs. These guys focus on just mosquitoes and ticks only and that's important because they use a proprietary blend that is specifically formulated to rid your yard of mosquitoes and ticks all summer long, and it was invented by the founder of Mosquito Shield, and it's used exclusively by their company. You cannot go out and buy it on the shelf. They're going to take great care of your yard. They come out every 10 to 17 days for an application, doing so until the mosquitoes and ticks go dormant. You know, end of September, start of October, whatever. But they stand behind their work. I am a proud and satisfied customer of Mosquito Shield, and you should be too. Go online right now, as Joe mentioned, moshield.com, no dash, that's moshield.com and uh, you can click on whatever your location happens to be or just give Ray and Mike a call directly today at 612-619-1556 moshield.com please let them know that you heard about it on the garage logic podcast you know there's tens of thousands of GLers that are listening to me right now we know these loyal GLers become customers because of our garage logic advertisers hey if you're a business owner couldn't you use a little more business? Would you like to have our loyal GLer buying your product or using your service? Of course you would. So become a Garage Logic advertising partner. Visit garagelogic.com right now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form. We'll get in touch with you quickly. We'll start talking about your business during the podcast. You're going to be amazed at how many GLers become your customers. It works well. So visit garagelogic.com right now, enter keyword partner, and watch your business grow, man.
3: Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Suchere. Yeah, It's too bad Gellers can't listen to us during the commercial break, uh, because uh, I just tried to sell John a uh, Toro Myride uh, zero-turn mower. It takes John about 20 minutes to push mow his front yard. I said, I could cut that mowing time down to five minutes for you <laughs> if you go to Tri-State Bobcat. By the way, having a sale... For us only, GLers only, and it's only this week, and it's on that uh, Toro zero-turn 50-inch time cutter mower with the MyRide suspension. And, yeah, it can, in some cases, cut your mowing time up to 50%, and it's all because of the zero turn, and it's because of the suspension system. You're so comfortable. You don't have to slow down. You see an obstacle. You press your foot down on the lever. The deck comes up. You go right over it. You drop it down. You keep it down. Both levers forward. These things are incredible. Here's what matters. The price on this 50-incher. Uh, suggested retail, 4699 The tri-state price for GLRs only this week three thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars an amazing price from tri-state bobcat uh but like i said this week only and you have to mention you're a gl or you heard it on the podcast uh that GLR price by the way available from all three tri-state locations we've got one 1200 highway 13 east down in burnsville 71 minnesota avenue that's just off rice just a hop north of uh Of Highway 36 in Little Canada, kitty corner from the McDonald's, and then on the south side of 94 at the Highway 12 exit in Hudson, Tri-State, (laughs) Bobcats.
1: A woman in a supermarket uh, is following a grandfather and his badly behaved grandson. He has his hands full with the child, screaming for candy, cookies, all sorts of things. The grandpa is saying in a controlled voice, easy, Joe, we won't be long, easy, boy. The boy has another outburst, and she hears the grandpa calmly say, "It's okay, Joe. Just a couple more minutes, and we'll be out of here. Hang in there." At the checkout counter, the little horror is throwing horror is throwing items out of the shopping cart. Grandpa says again in a controlled voice, "Joe, Joe, relax, buddy. Don't get upset. We'll be home in five minutes. Stay cool, Joe." Very impressed, she went outside where the grandfather was loading his groceries and the boy into the car. She said. You know, it's none of my business, but you were amazing in there. I don't know how you did it. That whole time you kept your composure, and no matter how loud and disruptive he got, you just calmly kept saying things would be okay. Joe is very lucky to have you as his grandfather. Thanks, says the grandfather, but I'm Joe. This little bastard is Kenny.
2: <laughs> 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 uh, thank you. What you. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. What grocery store? Lons
3: huh. Rookie What the hell Rookie
1: <laughs> You'll recall there was an editorial In the uh, Star Tribune Written by Amani Bad Hessel, An Ethiopian yeah. uh, immigrant Who w- wanted to run in the 4th Congressional District And she took her uh, DFL party to task She accused them of uh, uh, Trying to hold her back by uh, rejecting some of her delegates and things of that nature. And she, she uh, we, we, we ended up deciding, it's a good thing McCollum did win the primary, by the way, uh, because this woman was only running because McCollum was not nearly left enough. Mm-hmm. And, but I was amused, I think we were all amused, to see her attacking the very party that st- uh, pretends to represent people like her, right? Well, now today, Ken Martin has a retort, He's the DFL party chair in the state. And uh, he said in 2016, I was knocking on doors with a young Latina organizer who told me that despite working hard to get out the vote, she could not even be a delegate to our DFL convention because she was a dreamer, meaning she was an illegal immigrant. Isn't that mm-hmm. what dreamer means? Okay, I vote, I vowed on the spot to change that. After six years of effort to update party rules and challenge state laws, we succeeded in expanding who could participate in our endorsement process to include Dreamers and other non-voters. Well, that's just taking the DFL party to a place it's never been. Yeah. The DFL party works hard to build a fair and inclusive endorsement process, which is one of the many reasons why I was so disappointed to see Amane Badhaso baselessly attacking that process and accusing the DFL party of voter suppression. This could not be further from the truth. First, when Bad Hasso accuses Minnesota's political establishment of conspiring against her, let's be clear who she is talking about. And then he goes on with this pablum and boilerplate language. But uh, the point is that he was offended that she was challenging the uh, the establishment. You're the establishment. Right. Uh. Our delegates, alternates, and local leaders represent the great cultural and political diversity of this state and country. They are activists and engaged Minnesotans who give their time and energy to build power for their communities. What's most disappointing to me is that Amani Badhaso knew all of this when she launched her bad faith attacks, not just in our endorsement process, but on the incredible volunteers and delegates who work so hard to make that process happen uh, I don't know why I'm bringing this up. I guess what I'm bringing up, why I'm bringing up, is I'm I continue to be amused to watch the infighting with these people. They're running the show, and they they can't they could not abide by the fact that they were being threatened by one, supposedly one of their own. But you, we
2: we've seen this on all levels of government. Mm-hmm. I mean, we remember the, the the convention for the Democratic nomination. Mm-hmm. All they did was sat and ripped each other. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, I, I had never heard that reference before. I did not know that a dreamer was someone. They capitalize it, Chris, and that's a first for me too. Mm-hmm. It's it,
0: kids who were brought here at a young age, right? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. undocumented, but they're not citizens. And, and they grow up here, and you know, they started using it because, quote, they, their dream was to become American citizens. Why don't so they? That, uh, they can't, there's some process, uh, I don't recall, I wish I could remember. Well, the larger the point is that DFL. They can eventually, so.
1: The DFL endorsing convention allows people who aren't eligible to vote to be part of the endorsing process. Sure, why not?
0: What What the hell?
1: What? When did that become a term? Is this relatively new? Dreamers has been around since the Obama administration. Huh,
0: yeah. I've okay.
3: the term dreamers. Uh, I've always kind of just f- observed through my uh, own dealings that people that have worked hard and studied and got their green card are some of the most stout, staunch, fantastic Americans we have, mm-hmm. despite whatever country they come from. Um, you'll recall most we brought cases, up... cases, I should say.
1: You'll recall we brought up the Wisconsin uh, middle school uh, kid who was accused of sexual harassment uh, because he didn't use the right pronoun mm-hmm. in addressing a classmate. And... Uh, and he's, he's afraid for his future if the Title IX violation is not removed from his record. And his mother and this uh, child were on Fox News last night being interviewed. And uh, he looks like a he looks like a genuinely innocent kid. And he said, "I just got confused. Uh, yeah, he didn't mean to offend anybody." Right. And his mother is Rosemary Rabidoux said she received a phone call from the school's principal saying she would be receiving an email with sexual harassment allegations against her son, Brayden. He's kind of a chubby little guy with glasses. He seemed like, again, he didn't seem like a kid who was going to go out of his way to taunt someone with a misgendering. In fact, he was probably struggling to understand what that even means. What was going on, Sure. Uh, and the mom says, I immediately thought sexual harassment, that's rape, that's insist, that's inappropriate touching. Even grotesque language could go that far. And when I asked him what my son did, he said that he did not use the correct pronouns. Oh. Braden is one of three Wisconsin students facing sexual harassment charges from their middle school over accusations they used incorrect pronouns when addressing a fellow student. I was anxious and scared and upset because I didn't know what was going to happen, Braden said, but mostly anxious for my present self and my future self because a charge like that on my record could shatter my chances of getting into a college when I grow up. Robidoux said "Braden's school uh, cut her out of the process and did not communicate what the allegations were about. I did not know exactly what had happened for three or four days. She said it took three or four days for them to send me the complaint to even find out what it was he had done wrong. Luke Berg, Deputy Counsel for the Wisconsin Institute of Law and Liberty, who is representing the students, called the charge a gross uh, misapplication of Title IX sexual harassment charges. Sexual harassment covers really egregious stuff, not simply using the so-called wrong pronoun. The school's theory seems to be that any use... Of a wrong pronoun is automatically punishable speech under Title IX, and that is truly, and if that is truly their position, that is a truly egregious First Amendment violation. Uh, Did we learn anything else? A school district in Virginia is considering a rule that would suspend students for malicious misgendering. A move Rabidu called absurd. This is middle school. These guys are kids. They're learning how to interact with each other, and they've been taught all their life to see a girl and use she or her. They don't understand these pronouns for one student, she said. Schools should be focused on education, on math, science, social studies, and not pronouns, she said. Berg said they were asking the district to dismiss the charges and drop them from Braden's record and make changes to ensure this doesn't happen again to other students. Uh, Brad Ebert, the school district super, told ABC 2 News they do not comment on student matters. Well,
3: that's an easy way what out. What a bunch of yeah. BS! It's ridiculous. Just so, a bunch of BS. Where are they at in Wisconsin with the case? Has it been dropped?
1: No, oh, this only happened. This came up on this show a couple of days ago. Well, I
3: remember it well, and I've read about it, but there's, so there's no new developments. The school hasn't sobered up yet.
1: No, no, no. Jeez. No. Wow. And then they still continue to say, we do not comment on any student
3: matters. Yeah, that's an easy way out.
2: Well, well wouldn't this family have a pretty significant lawsuit on their hands? Well, I don't know what the technicalities would be
1: if they dropped the charges. Maybe that's all the family wants. Of course, everybody sees
2: dollar signs when something like this goes. What about up. the
3: damage done to this kid's Co-
2: brain? Yeah. Correct. Well, not only that, but what... You know, anytime someone searches for him, won't this come up in a news he story? He just
3: created a lifelong introvert who's afraid to talk to people now.
1: Well, there's more from the Fail academy. Oh, good. Health justice. Mm. Got to have some health justice. Sure. <laughs> That's become a new woke agenda item in universities across the country as progressive academics try to eliminate fat phobia. See? Mm-hmm. Uh, or the cultural stigmatization of obesity, including scrapping the word obesity itself. You can't use that word, you know The University of Illinois Chicago School of Public Health defines weight stigma as the discrimination or stereotyping based on a person's weight when it claims when it claims is reported at rates comparable to racism. and one of the last types of discrimination still, Condoned and carried out by public health and medical experts. So we even managed to tie racism to this. The incidence of weight stigma has increased by 66% with the rise of public health campaigns to end the obesity epidemic. The school released a policy brief in October called addressing weight stigma and fat phobia in public health, which said the country's focus on body size is rooted in racism. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Dating back to Charles Darwin. And it advised against using extremely stigmatizing words like obesity in front, uh, uh, in favor of terms such as people in larger bodies.
2: Oh, that rolls <laughs> off the tongue. What was Royce's big complaint? He hated uh, morbidly. morbidly Morbidly obese. obese. Yes.
1: I don't want to hear morbidly. <laughs> is it obese? <laughs> obese is enough. Right. <laughs> So now instead of saying, is she a big girl, we have to say, is Is she she, uh, a person in a bigger body?
3: Can we go with thick? I like thick. Thick Thick is good. Because that that denotes (laughs) sexy. Now, uh, I'm worried about our own inner office interactions because Reavers and me and um, Matthew, we like to refer to each other as lard ass. Mm -hmm. And um, so are we being racist to each other? Yeah, I think you are.
1: How does this have anything to do with racism? What does it doesn't? Have? What doesn't have to do with racism? <laughs> oh, now? just
3: wait. We'll find a way. Again, this is more fomenting of mass uh, psychosis. You know, the race war. I thought I thought public health
1: was to encourage people not to be morbidly obese. Yeah. In this case, it's saying being accept
2: more accepting of it. We've so got to
1: be more accepting of it.
2: My
3: cardiologist is being.
2: Really, really oh, he's racist. Racist. Yeah. He's he's racist. Telling he's me calling I you fatty. Them. Go, go for a walk, lard ass. <laughs> telling a white guy from Alexandria <laughs> he should lose some weight. He's now racist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is amazing. Last
1: week, the Institute for Bioethics and Health Humanities at the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston hosted a lecture on fat phobia as. Mis- misogynic, misogynic, misogynic misogynistic misogynistic what the hell is that race gender and stigma person. where university of california Irvine associate <laughs> professor sabrina strings i wonder if she's a woman in a
2: larger body I'm going to sit this addressed one. Addressed
1: the fat stigma <laughs> and the centrality of slavery and race science in perpetuating throughout the Western world. It Wha- per- it per- wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. Go, go over that one again. The-
1: During the lecture, Strings argued that the medical field took up the mantle of anti fatness as a result of social and cultural shifts in thinking about race and feminine propriety in the early 20th century. Strings also gave the lecture at Boston University and Dickinson College in Pennsylvania. And last week, Amherst College in Massachusetts hosted a table event called Unpacking Fat Phobia, Learning to Love Your Body, which promised games, snacks, and a raffle for participants. What kind of snacks? I don't know. Are you frustrated with social media commentary surrounding people's bodies? The event description read. Have you ever wondered about the history of diet, culture, and fat phobia? You want to know the difference between the body positivity and the body naturality, nat- neutrality movements? Huh? Do you? And yeah, you come to this event, you no, get snatched. But
2: a thought just occurred to me. You know what? This, well, I'll wait till you're done.
1: In February. Claremont McKenna College in California hosted a lecture called "Fat Phobia and Capitalism" by Reagan Chastain, a self-described fat fat, fat athlete, fat athlete. <laughs> fat oh edit. my God. During the lecture, Chastain addressed how capitalism, weight stigma, and diet culture intersect to create marginalization, alienation, and harm to people of all sizes and discuss strategies to mitigate and transform the status quo around body size culture. The apparent trend in college campuses addressing fat phobia follows a John Hopkins University School of Medicine study last year that found more than half of young American adults uh, between 18 and 25 are overweight.
2: So that's where I was going, um, because I know that not not maybe not as high of, of that percentage, but they're also finding studies like that with younger kids. You know what this all is, gentlemen? This isn't an excuse for laziness. Is what this is? And unhealthy lifestyles. You that's exactly know, what this you is. You want
1: to know why? Why the. Uh the Academy has failed. I mean, there are many, many reasons. But seriously, do you want to know why it's failed? Why is that, Joe? Because the University of California is paying someone named Sabrina Strings. She's an associate professor. And she, she's a, apparently an expert in the stigma and the centrality of slavery and race science in its perpetuation throughout
0: the Western world. Uh, she, uh, she wrote a book. I did a little research here when you said her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is fearing the black body the racial origins of fat phobia I, and it appears like it has a large audience which indicates the problem right there and what, she, she is uh, she is not she's not obese herself I don't mean that in a weird what, way she's what normal race is she uh, she's black and somehow she's able to figure out that somehow racism is part of fatness Apparently, I, 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 Boy, I, I would have to read the book to understand, I guess. We're missing out.
2: we got to get on in on this action.
0: Well, this is even worse. Through lifestyle factors such as nutrition
1: and exercise are important, it is essential to note the historical racism and injustices within the current food environment. As presented by Soulfire Farm, the U.S. food system is built on stolen land using stolen labor from Black and Latinx indigenous people. Not only has this created a large-scale food apartheid and trauma for people indigenous to this land, it has caused a disconnection of indigenous people from their cultural practices and identities.
2: So... There are no overweight white people, is that what I'm? Would you like me to read a couple little uh, oh, things from the book? God, yes.
1: Yeah, read them over this. Can you take the sound down? Read them over this bed. Oh, never Two mind, criti- it's going away anyway, never I mind.
0: <laughs> Two critical historical developments contributed to a fetish for sveltness and a phobia about fatness, the rise of the transatlantic slave trade and the spread of Protestantism. Racial scientific rhetoric about slavery linked fatness to greedy Africans, and religious discord suggested that overeating is ungodly. As
2: Kenny's wolfing down another cookie?
0: As early as the 18th century, fatness was derided as evidence of African savagery and immorality. I don't know that I've ever run across that. Slenderness, by contrast, was considered evidence of Christian elevation and Anglo-Saxon No, I, this is insanity.
1: It's uh-huh. another example of insanity.
3: I think I'll have some ripple chips. Yeah.
1: Well, you come to our I'm meeting for a bunch of fat people, we're going to have a lot of fattening food there for Got you. to have snacks. Have M&M's and stuff like that. Yeah,
3: right. they have ripple chips.
0: Yeah, I like ripple chips. Wow. The, oh, hmm, hmm. the uh, comments, uh, not comments, but the reviews of this book are, it must be the best book ever written. Really? <laughs> yeah,
2: it's just, would you say they are startling, John? Give me an example uh, of a reviewer uh American Journal of sociology well that, okay that's Journal failed
0: of, Journal of interdisciplinary history that's failed uh fat studies that's I wonder what fat studies does <laughs> uh the Journal of core communication was this is did,
1: did any of these people ever visit the Minnesota State Fair <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know it's 90 days away 98 98 mm-hmm what if you want to escape this noise, Joe?
1: Well, I'd go to Giants Ridge. Really? Up in Beowabek, because it's home to two of the greatest golf courses in the country, not to mention Minnesota. This the is quarry, what I've heard. The quarry and the legend, they opened last Friday. They're open for business. But I think of it more as a, it's also a family vacation destination, not to mention the great
2: golf. Would they let us fatties come up there and golf?
1: Uh, you're, just, you're just guys in larger bodies. You're, oh, not even, okay. you're not even fat. I wouldn't even worry about it. Got I wouldn't it. even worry about it. Between June 4 and August 29, a great deal play the legend in the quarry on the same day uh, with lunch on them at the Wakuda Grill, but uh, getting back to the family vacation destination, there's hiking and biking and nature trails and water recreation, great lodging and great dining. It's really a marvelous destination. And given inflation rates and gas hitting, the, oh, maybe gas will be six bucks a gallon by the time summer really heats up. <laughs> uh, maybe you want to stay within the state boundaries and make it more affordable to get away with the family. Uh, make a tea time at 218-865-8030. Or, or go to GiantsRidge.com, and when you're on GiantsRidge.com, make sure to check out the 3D flyovers of the legend in the quarry. Really gorgeous courses, and uh, nationally ranked as the third most important course you must play in the northern tier of the United States Fantastic. by Lynx Magazine. Uh, take my word for it. Go to
2: GiantsRidge.com. Hey gl it's Reavers here once again for my good friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron, rust, and odor filtration systems, and of course, drinking water systems. I have been a proud customer of Connecticut for a couple of years now in two different homes, and I'm here to tell you that a new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. A Connecticut system from Hofferman can cut down on salt usage, it's going to protect your appliances, and I'm not kidding when I say that bad water is going to affect every single aspect of your home. Here's the deal. Your laundry is going to become better. Your showers are so much better. And not to mention the improvement in your drinking water. My Connecticut system that I had installed, it's made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Please get in touch with my friends at Hofferman Water today. Call 952-894-4040. That's 952-894-4040. Or just visit them online at hoffermanwater.com. Tell us all. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere.
3: Uh, dummies, what's the ProTurf website? ProfessionalTurf.com. All right, you're right. And um, Chris, you just alerted me to something. Okay. Passage of time. ProTurf's run, spring run, almost done, right? Yes. Again, that website?
2: ProfessionalTurf.com. And
3: the reason I bring it up is because about the time that ProTurf ends their spring run on GL, the phone starts ringing, the emails start going (laughs) up. People going, hey, uh, what's that website again? It's ProfessionalTurf.com. And if you had hired them and called them earlier, uh, here we are, right in the middle of dandelion season, uh, you wouldn't be looking at any dandelions in your yard because they cover that and the broadleafs and the crabs and everything else. Uh, they're gone. Make your lawn problems professional turf's problems. They'll handle it. And then they'll also throw some fertilizer down that'll make, oh, make that lawn. All you're going to do is mow. You're going to mow twice a week. I'm just going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's that thick. It's that luscious. Uh, they really do a bang-up job. They're also pretty good at the old landscape business. They've done work for both Chris and I. We were very impressed. And part of that watering thing, you're going to stand out there like an old man holding the hose every day? You're just going to call ProTurf and have them put an irrigation system in, and then it waters it in the middle of the night, and it's fantastic, and you never have to deal with hoses again. They do it all, and they do it
0: well. ProfessionalTurf.com. Here's John Hite. Uh Thank you, Joe, and this update is brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com. Before I get to the news, uh, two things. Uh, one, let me take a personal minute here that will drive Joe nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right before we came back from that break, Kenny uh, said uh, I should go. I, I said I can't play catch with my kiddies in California. Right. And Kenny said take a tennis ball and throw it against something. When I was a youngster, we had an old garage, so I would play baseball games throwing the tennis ball against the garage 10 hours a day. Who so hasn't? Said, yeah. saying, to, Why do you well, think this is going to anger me? I've done the same well, thing. E- even well, I, I just that. thought you wouldn't want me to take the time to tell a uh, story. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> A neighbor next door was an old German-Russian guy yeah. who probably emigrated in the you know, early 1900s. And he didn't talk much, but he came and knocked on the door one day and said to my mother, is there something wrong with your kid? And pointed to his head because I sat and threw the ball against has him. <laughs> has he been touched? All right, <laughs> he been touched? All right. I just wanted to, want to tell it. You miss
3: Dill, don't you? Well, of course they do, yeah. Uh, I I offered my 22-year-old free room and board for life if he'll just move up here. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, kiddo.
0: I miss having a friend, you know. Yeah, I I hear you. Uh, One other thing I want to clear up, uh, dreamers. We talked about dreamers. Uh, Let me tell you why they're called dreamers. They're dreaming. Uh, They're named named after the Dream Act, which was... Development, Relief, and Education for Alien Minors Act. It was a bill in Congress. It would have granted legal status to certain undocumented immigrants who were brought to the U.S. as kids and went to school here. Uh, it has never passed. So that's uh, that's what the uh, where the actual term came from. All right. So that's what dreamers are.
2: Now, wasn't that a John Lennon family? Son's? No, you that's, say I'm that's
0: Imagine. That's Imagine.
2: Imagine, yeah.
0: In the news, a former Minneapolis police officer has pleaded guilty to a state charge of aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. As part of a plea deal this morning, Thomas Lane will have a count of aiding and abetting second-degree unintentional murder dismissed. In exchange for that plea, Lane agreed to a sentence of three years that will be served concurrently with his federal sentence for violating Floyd's civil rights. That sentence has not yet been handed down. Lane, along with J. Alexander Kang and Tu Tao, has already been convicted on federal counts of violating the civil rights of Floyd. Our former colleague Derek Shelvin was convicted of murder last year and pleaded guilty to a federal civil rights violation. Two people are dead after a crash. Anoka last night, according to the Anoka County Sheriff's Office, an officer with the Coon Rapids Police Department tried to stop a Buick Saber on Hanson Boulevard near Gateway Drive at about 1137 in the evening. The driver, identified as a man, fled from police causing a chase. That chase was called off by police as it entered the city of Anoka. But about a mile after police stopped chasing the vehicle, authorities say the LeSabre was involved in a crash on Main Street right near Ferry Street in Anoka, right by 169. The second vehicle involved in the crash was a Dodge Ram. The driver of the LeSabre died, and his passenger, also identified as a man, was taken to a hospital for injuries where he also died. The driver of the Ram, identified as another male, suffered minor injuries, was released at the scene. No names have been released yet. Multiple agencies are still investigating the crash. A Minnesota woman was arrested Monday night after she tried to flee from police, but she drove right into fresh concrete. According to the Hubbard Broadcasting Affiliate KAAL... Did she get out of the car and then get stuck? Walking? (laughs) Uh, I don't know about walking, but the car definitely got stuck in there. Uh, I saw a picture where it was, you know... Did she get out and put
2: her hands down and then write her name?
0: (laughs) Rochester police saw the woman drive through a red light at about 440 in the afternoon. When the officers tried to stop her, she refused. Short time later, another officer tried to stop the woman near Westover Lane and 7th Street Northeast, but she accelerated, went through a bunch of construction barricades, and drove 150 feet into freshly poured concrete. That brought
2: a <laughs> stop.
0: Wow. She was arrested and taken to a hospital for psychological evaluation. The woman is estimated to have caused between thirty and forty thousand dollars in damages. Police said that they had uh, had received at least nine complaints about the woman driving erratically and using a bullhorn to, in her words, to them, spread the word of God. Oh, yeah. She's being she's being held for fleeing police, property damage, and driving without insurance. Hey,
3: huh. uh, you're all going to hell. You're going to hell. Uh, I'm taking a left up there. Uh, you, over there, you're going to hell. Every single one of you, hellbound and trucking.
0: Uh, you never know what Keddy will have lying oh, on his He's feet, got dude. props, doesn't he, John? Oh, <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> Twin's uh, Twin Cities-based Target took a big hit from higher costs during the first quarter. Despite brisk sales, shares appeared headed for their most severe sell-off since the Black Monday market crash of 1987. Profits for major retailers has come under pressure from both surging inflation and the clogs in the global supply chain. Target's net income fell about 52% from a year ago to $1.01 billion. Mm-hmm. Or two dollars and sixteen cents per share. It was expected to be at three oh seven a share, according to in, uh, industry analysts.
2: Kenny, John, would you guys like to make a bet with me? Go ahead. What? Sure. Joe, uh, how's that printer cartridge doing? Which one? Oh, I thought thats why you were texting. <laughs> no,
1: I, you know what I was texting? Uh, Dang it. Huh. The, the Buxton plan. Uh, I'm thinking that the GL should go to the Buxton plan. Hundred shows a year. Huh? And oh, so I was doing the math. Yeah. We'd have to do a show uh well, roughly three times a week. Why three point six that up five the times. Pole, see how it gets. Well I'm just thinking well, you know, the Buxton plan's kinda growing on me. We're getting a hundred shows
3: on a week. Let me check that math. For I you. think one of us is already on the Buxton
0: plan. Not me. Johnny. Which which one? Johnny
2: and Rook. <laughs> Talking to you, oh, well, Johnny.
0: I am sort of. Yeah. Well, but that's, Joe, that's more than 100. That's 160 almost. Yeah. Well, well right? how
1: many shows in a year would you have to do to do 100?
2: 100. A how many wait 100 shows a Wait a Wait a minute. Hold up.
1: <laughs> what? Wait a minute. You'd have to do 100 shows. Would How many days? That would be
2: two, two a week. There's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah, it's one point. Chris is right. Oh, it's 1.92. Right. Two shows a so, week.
0: Two shows a week. Yeah. So,
2: that's like when Kenny, think, when we first started doing the podcast, Kenny said, I want it established. I'm working, or I'm having six-day weekends. Yeah, yeah. six-day weekends. Yeah. I'm sorry great. I interrupted you, John, for a whole oh, that's year. that's all right.
3: God,
0: yeah. that was nice. Joe, as we that's say... That's why I'm broke it's... today. <laughs> as we say, Joe, to your show. Sure it is. You can
1: do whatever you like. Sure, sure, sure as hell feels like it, doesn't it?
0: From the... From the Star Tribune, colleges and universities in the Minnesota state system are poised to raise their tuition by 3.5% next academic year, even as enrollments are expected to keep declining. Don't waste your money. The students attending Minnesota State's 30 community and technical colleges would see an average increase of $185, while those enrolled at the system's seven universities would pay about 300 bucks more. That tuition hike, if approved by Minnesota State Board of Trustees next month, would be the system's third consecutive price increase. The colleges and universities raised their price by 3% in spring of 2021, 3.4% in fall of 2021. So in the space of a year, that'd be almost 10 percent in raises. Tuition currently averages 8,900 bucks at Minnesota State's universities, 5,700 bucks at its community and technical colleges. The U of M is also thinking about a three and a half percent tuition increase at its Twin Cities campus. Wait a minute, tuition is only 8,900 dollars? Well, that's uh, that's what they're saying. Yeah, I don't care. That M? can't be that can't be for a year though, right?
2: Probably for a quarter. I was going to say semester. there's no way that that's for the entire school year. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> You're right, because college has never come up on this show.
0: <laughs> wow, they shot a shot at Joe there, didn't you? It shouldn't come up. It's just such a failure. Right. We now know the story from Proctor, Minnesota, last year. Remember, we talked about the story often. Mm-hmm. Uh, the football the yeah. program was yeah. was ended, and uh, they wouldn't give right. any details. We now have all the details. A former Proctor High School football has pleaded guilty to sexually assaulting a teammate in a post-practice incident that he described as a joke that went too far. Uh, the uh, fellow was 17 at the time, he's now 18, admitted to using a toilet plunger oh. to assault a 15-year-old who he said he chased Jeez. down with a half-dozen other teammates after a varsity practice. Oh. He testified, saying, I saw a couple of people tackle him and take his pants off. He was lying on his stomach, and I poked him with the plunger. Rumors of the assault led to the cancellation of the team's season, significant community and social media outcry, a lengthy police investigation, and the resignation of the team's coach. Uh, In pleading guilty to a felony count of third-degree criminal sexual conduct, he agreed to be designated as an extended jurisdiction juvenile. That means his case will technically remain in juvenile court, but he also gets a stayed adult sentence. Judge Dale Harris said that the boy will certainly remain on probation until his 21st birthday. Uh, Tuesday's hearing had been scheduled for the judge to consider uh, whether the fellow who was 17 at the time of the offenses should be certified to stand trial as an adult. Drama in midterm primaries around parts of the U.S. yesterday. The endorsement of former President Trump winning some and losing some. Is that still a news story, his endorsement? because it. it yeah, I'm it afraid doesn't... so. Yeah, I guess it's going to be an all year, isn't it?
1: Did Ashley Madison uh, lose in uh... North, North Carolina. Carolina. If, if you
2: guys have not seen, uh, J. L. Coven has a new video in which um,
1: Madison Hawthorne. Cawthorn? Yeah. In yes, which
2: Madison lost. is yes. Cawth- Hawthorne is referred to as Ashley Madison. It's very funny.
0: Doug uh, Mastriano was already surging in the governor's race in Pennsylvania when the former president issued his endorsement over the weekend, supporting him. Mastriano won the GOP primary. He'll face Democratic State Attorney General Josh Shapiro. Mastriano promoted uh, Trump's stories about the uh, non-existent widespread voter fraud that cost him the 2020 election. And Mastriano also was outside the U.S. Capitol when it was overrun on January 6th. He's already been subpoenaed by the House Committee investigating the Capitol riot. Uh, if he were to win in the fall, he would shave how elections are conducted in Pennsylvania where the governor appoints the secretary of state who oversees how elections are run and that uh, is causing some uh, problems on the left side of course they're saying he shouldn't be elected for that reason. Meanwhile Trump's pick for the Senate is in a virtual tie at the moment in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz, Mehmet Oz is deadlocked with former head fudge manager Uh, hedge fund manager David McCormick in a race that was too early to call Wednesday morning. Uh, That one, it looks like, will go to a recount. Meanwhile, in North Carolina, Trump endorsed first-term U.S. Representative Madison Cawthorne lost his Republican primary race to state Senator Chuck Edwards after his personal and political blunders translated into voter unhappiness. And in Idaho, Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeechan, who was backed by Trump, lost her primary for governor, getting about 25%. Of the vote.
2: Uh, John, I don't know if you had this coming up, but did you guys see that Brothers has shut its doors in downtown Minneapolis? What is Brothers? Brothers Bar and Grill is about a block from Target Field, maybe two blocks from Target Field, (laughs) and they shut it down in the middle of the baseball season.
0: Wow. U.S. investigators think someone on board deliberately crashed that China Eastern flight in March. Mm. Wall Street Journal reporting that in what was China's deadliest air disaster in decades, China Eastern flight MU fifty three seventy five was traveling from Kunming to Guangzhou in March twenty first. On March twenty first, when it inexplicably plunged from an altitude of twenty nine thousand feet into a mountainside, killing all one hundred thirty two on board. The black box flight data recorders recovered from the site were sent to the U.S. for analysis. That data shows that someone, possibly a pilot or someone who had forced their way into the cockpit, input orders to send the Boeing 737 into a nosedive. The plane did what it was told to do by someone in the cockpit. The Wall Street Journal quoted a person who is familiar with the assessment as saying. One source told Reuters that investigators were investigating whether the crash was caused by a voluntary action involving the crew, although that does not necessarily mean the dive was intentional. U.S. officials think their conclusion is backed up by the fact that Chinese investigators have so far not indicated any problems with the aircraft or flight controls that would have caused the crash.
1: Well, I talked to a pilot who said for that descent, it would have to be have been manipulated that a plane wouldn't fall
2: like that. Yeah. and why 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 is it worded so carefully? Are they trying to protect from because they're, they're a
1: bunch of lying commies? What do you think?
2: Okay, well, now this this was the U.S. guys that said that, joke. Oh. Well, that's, that's what I'm wondering. Why is it worded so carefully? I wonder.
0: You don't want to anger those lying commies. I, I, <laughs> there you go. Okay,
2: <laughs> Mississippi. Well, this is kind of related to the story you had earlier, Joe.
0: Mississippi is the fattest state in America. That's no, no, racist. No, 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 that's no.
2: racist. They're the most. What was it? People uh, in large bodies states. Large oh. bodies. Yeah. yeah.
0: With uh, two in five adults obese or morbidly obese, a report revealed Tuesday amid mounting warnings. morbidly.
1: (laughs) Don't use that word.
0: (laughs) Telephone surveys of more than 400,000 people nationwide showed the Magnolia State had the highest rates of obesity, followed by West Virginia and neighboring Alabama. At the other end of the scale, uh, they're the thinnest in Colorado, Massachusetts, And Hawaii, least likely to be obese, with less than a quarter of adults falling into the category. Here in Minnesota, we're kind of right in the middle. 30 to 34.9% of the population is considered obese, according to that survey. Is it FAT or PHAT? FAT. Okay. A couple of big-name movie actors are making a move into television, including one of your favorites, Joe. Uh, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren are joining the Yellowstone Universe in the upcoming series 1932 for Paramount+. 1932, which is the show's working title, is an origin story introducing a new generation uh, to, of the Dutton family. The Dutton family, of course, runs Yellowstone in the Yellowstone series. It's set to explore the early 20th century when pandemics, historic drought, and the end of Prohibition and the Great Depression all plague the Mountain West and the Duttons who call it a home. Details about the characters and who uh, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren will play were not immediately available.
1: Wait a minute, you mean there was a drought uh,
0: before the current drought? Well, I think the 30s had a, had a drought, oh. show, yeah. Oh. <laughs> who watched Yellowstone? Anyone? I do. Yeah. It's still on. Yeah, I watch it. Kevin okay. Costner, not going to do that. Also, had uh, also watched the uh, prequel, 1883. Which was really well done, but is so depressing. Yeah, I
3: started it, John, and uh, I couldn't do it. It was just, it was very well written,
0: very well
2: acted. Really well
0: done. Really depressing. Yeah, I uh, stuck with it. And if you made it to the last one, it's even more depressing, Kenny. Uh, South Dakota lawmakers today are considering a legislative report that finds Chris Reaver's girlfriend, Governor Kristi Noem's daughter, getting preferential treatment while she was applying for a real estate appraiser license in 2020. Legislature's government operations and audit committee last year probed into the certification process for Noem's daughter. Cassidy Peters, after the Associated Press reported the Republican governor had called a meeting that included Peters and key decision makers in the agency evaluating her license application just days after the agency had moved to deny her a license. Peters did get another opportunity to demonstrate she could meet federal standards and got her license four months later. The draft report that will be considered by lawmakers today says the extra opportunity deviated from the established protocol in the situation.
2: We we have no comment at this time. Well, good. John, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Why don't we return shortly?
0: So the proprietor
3: of Jackass Ranch actually used up one complete can of Seafoam Deep Creep on a recently acquired 49 Moline. This ding of course, all hat, no cattle. Uh, he slathered Deep Creep on every other nut, bolt, and connection in anticipation of the big tear down and rebuild it'll be getting eventually, maybe this winter. And it's already working, and it's going to keep working. It's going to keep getting blasted with deep creep all summer long. Rumor has it that all the grease cirks also got a blast of the seafoam top engine cleaner because why dirty a rag when the top engine cleaner is so eager to please? If that Harvest Gold gem ever does get revived and all four cylinders once again joyously running on fossil fuels, you know it'll be served a steady diet of seafoam engine treatment, and it surely will live on Forever and ever. Truly a wonderful product in a world of bad gas, Seafoam. You cannot stop him. He'll just make
1: a move. Joe Suchere. Make your move to the brand new location of EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. Moved into a brand-new building. It's absolutely gorgeous. Highway 97, one block west of I-35. Hundreds of electric bikes and scooters in stock on the floor, as well as kids' ATVs and golf carts. Free TLT-shirts to all GL people who show up at EcoFun and have been. The... Uh, daughter, Kalen, is an expert on e-bikes. So you can be guaranteed you're going to get the right equipment, the right size, the right tires, the whole deal. And those gas scooters turn every urban errand into an adventure at more than 100 miles per gallon of gasoline, youth ATVs and dirt bikes, full line of Yamaha equipment, that brand-new Crossfire 200 fuel-injected golf cart, great for the cabin or larger properties. That has headlights, taillights, blinkers, horn, and a full roof. Four-seat configuration with a rear flip-down seat to create a flatbed for hauling stuff around. Oh, that sounds cool. Uh, this is a brand-new location. It's uh, taking EcoFund Motorsports into the major leagues of recreational equipment. It's that grand of a store, and you're going to love it. It just, if you're heading up 35, instead of going into Forest Lake, you go the other way. You get off on 97, go a block west, and there's the brand new EcoFund Motorsports open for business. See, I've noticed a trend. There must have been a memo that went out, and I'm being serious, there must have been a memo that went out through the the entirety of the failed academies to always mention in commencement programs that we're here on land we stole from Native Americans. Oh, is that the bit now? Well, we got that from Scott at the U of M the other day, he heard that, and then here I'm reading uh, from uh, CI girl extraordinaire Janine who uh, says... Uh, Gives me some travails that her daughter faced at the University of St. Thomas. Uh, the best and final salvo was graduation in spring 2021. In a similar fashion to the graduation you spoke of on Monday show, the priest stood to give an invocation straight out of the Mysterian Manifesto He gave passing congrats to the students and then wanted to remind us that UST needed to acknowledge its history of white supremacy and remember that we were standing on the land of the Ojibwe on and on and on and on. My husband and I looked at each other in the stands and said out loud, what the hell? Glancing around, we saw no reaction from those around us. Absolutely (laughs) incredible. The only thing here's the only way that BS works is if at the end of the speech, the priest then announced, so because of our horrible sins, we will immediately hand over all land monies and buildings back to the Ojibwe. No, that wasn't going to happen. My email to Julie uh, Sullivan received a nonsense response about tolerance. Oh, man, that's just
3: crazy. And start well, tolerating those uh, treaties from the 1800s, are we, finally, maybe? Here's
1: no. a guy who writes, no. as, the, as the father of three triplets, names approved by you and Pat in September of 1999, who are now graduating from the U of M system, the Sun in Duluth, I can confirm that the ceremonies were ripe with wokeism. At least the UMD ceremony recognized great living veterans and graduates who have served. UMD read a statement affirming how we took the land from tribe nations this i swear to god a memo went out uh what do we have at purdue somebody sent me something about purdue it went pretty well at purdue but i can't seem to find it so uh congratulations to
3: purdue What about the, did we take it from British that stole it from the natives, or the uh, French that also, did we buy it from the French that stole it from the Uh natives? Do we include any of those, or the natives that stole it from the natives, or anything? Any other facts? No. no, Just us? Okay. All right.
1: These these, uh, graduation ceremonies sound like shaming occasions, don't they? Yeah. uh, Like uh, uh, Tom wrote the other day,
2: there's no fun in it. There's no congratulatory I, aspect of it. I was just wondering, has it trickled down to the high school level? Oh, I'm sure. I, have I
3: think idea. Manifest Destiny can be traced right back to, I don't know, the first caveman, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's been going on since the beginning of time, has it not?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, here's okay.
3: Purdue. This past weekend, I had the honor and privilege to watch my son graduate from
1: Purdue over the past years. I have not seen Purdue go far off track, but there have been a few occasions that gave me pause. So I sat in my seat wondering what the commencement ceremony would consist of. I am happy to report that at least Purdue still understands the meaning of college and why students are there. I have attached the video of President Mitch Daniels' speech along with a transcript. Suffice to say it is worth the read, should be shared, and an incredible ray of hope. A quick glimpse into how it went? Well, they opened by singing the Star-Spangled Banner, followed by a prayer from a Catholic priest. Just prior to handing out diplomas, they sang God Bless America and even closed with another prayer. But the highlight was the speech by Mitch Daniels, who incidentally has frozen tuition for 10 years. Thank you, Mayor. Pushing back in Egan. And don't read my name. Okay, I won't read your name. All right. Well, good. That is a ray of hope at Purdue, of all places, huh? That's a land-grant institution. West Lafayette. That's right. I think I know a kid who uh, got a degree in agronomy from Purdue. What is that? Turf management. Oh, yeah. And now I think he's working at Crooked Stick, which is a big, big deal, where John Daly won the PGA back in the whatever the hell. I'm surprised you're the
2: television on today.
1: PGA doesn't start till tomorrow. Oh, I thought I saw something this no. morning. Okay. Uh, Bill Miller writes, mowing. No, mow may is a bunch of BS. I'm on mowing number three. Uh, besides, you're hugging a tree. Now you're letting the grass and you're h- lying in the grass, hugging <laughs> the earth. No, I told you I'm participating only unintentionally because my grass isn't growing. Hence why you had I, got to... the, I think I got bad dirt. I think I got bad soil. Think so? I think so. And Bill Stein writes, I'm sitting here with Tilly the Wonder Dog in my Adirondack chair overlooking Lard Lake. We are contemplating our lawn. All of the lawn's constituents seem to have survived winter, the likes of which would have taxed the medal of Robert Service or Sir Ernest Shackleton. The creeping Charlie looks robust along with the plantain, dandelions, velvet leaf, foxglove, white clover and the beautiful native grasses, crab, quack and remnants of Kentucky blue and forest fescue. I admit I have a feral lawn. I never water it or fertilize it, let alone put weed killer on it. It looks just fine as long as we have enough rain. And If we don't, uh, it just has the courtesy to turn brown and rest for a while. I always thought that I was just lazy, but it turns out that I was a pioneering patron saint of the pollinators. So much so that the Lard Lake Horticultural Conservation and Neighborhood Busybody Society has chosen to confer upon me their most prestigious Yule Gibbons Memorial Fiddlehead Fern Award for bug appreciation and weed conservation. This, is a, uh, this reward is especially gratifying, as only a few years ago the society threatened to report my lawn to the Lard Lake Association as a public nuisance. But if you can bet uh, but you can bet if I live next to the tallest buildings, I would hire ProTurf to beautify my lawn just to be a good neighbor, as far as you know.: All right, Billy, thank you. And only because they come to us all the way, where are the traveling linemen? Are they still in Henderson?) Uh, well, I've got to get this out of the way, too. <laughs> Joe, I heard you mention your favorite Beach Boys albums are Surf's Up and Holland. My favorite album is Surf's Up, partly because of its striking album cover. The cover is a painting that depicts a Native American on a horse. Uh, I think we've brought this up before. The painting is actually based off a statue called End of the Trail, which is located in Wapun, Wisconsin. I went to see the statue last October on my way to see Brian Wilson in Illinois. Let's just say Brian was much better than Mike Love's version of the Beach Boys. I figured you'd be interested, especially since the statue was so close to home. Uh, Leo from New Prague, and he sent a statue. You guys are familiar with that end of the trail statue? Yeah. It's nope. beautiful. Beautiful statue.
3: Um, before you get to the Limons, you seem to be in a hurry here. No. Um, um, are you going to give John and I the opportunity to give a little plug to News from the Krabby Coffee Shop? Absolutely. John, do you want to go or should I go? Uh, you go ahead. Uh, today, Joe, and we're really hoping you'll listen, uh, we talked about polyamorous relationships yeah. and how to survive in in that sort of what situation. What kind of relationship? Polyamorous. What, more than one? E- e- three. Three? Three. Total, three. Yeah. three. And how that works and which, you know, parts go where and who does what and the frustration that might be involved and uh, it, it, the jealousy involved. Actually, there's like if one mate goes out with the, the other mate, the one left at home, believe, and, and I think you'd agree with me on this, the one left at home gets jealous? Huh. Uh, Not I, saith I. Right. That would be my goal in a polyamorous relationship to have (laughs) the other person, the public person, while I stay home.
1: (laughs) I can't think of two least qualified people to discuss such a thing as you two morons
3: uh well john you might not realize this uh but john is uh, quite the deviant yeah um
0: oh, john
3: uh, john what? probably has uh, questionable items of low morality laying around for innocent eyes to see wow. and i feel it's time john uh, goes over to maple grove and picks up a liberty safe from maple grove lock and safe um so those uh deviant items won't uh, be uh, vulnerable uh, to thievery or prying eyes or even fire just think joe two mother's days you'd have to take care of maple grove lock hey, and my Safe my dot com <laughs> my moms hey
1: my mom my mom
3: uh john should peruse the liberty safe showroom Uh-oh. choose from all the differently rated safes that means you'll find the level of protection that you can not only uh afford but what you need and rich he's the owner there he's going to walk you through the whole process he's an expert on everything safe related and locks and security financing available professional delivery installation also available i encourage it but that's just me uh, but really invest in your security protect your valuables uh, deviant or not your currency your heirlooms uh, firearms and do it all with the Liberty Safe. Maple Grove Lock and Safe, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, and on the web at maplegrovelockandsafe.com. What'd you find, Judd? Yeah,
0: let me see what I got laying around.
3: You know, yeah, oh, look at that thing. It. You better put that in a safe.
0: Yeah, I'll
2: leave yeah. that It's like there. that Let's... old KSTP news story. The... Oh, yeah. right. hey, it just
1: occurs to me, I'm going to a high school graduation Saturday. <laughs> okay. So uh-huh. I'll be able to deliver my own report next week. There we go. I'm anticipating uh-huh. that it won't be woke, but I've been fooled before. So we'll find
0: out. All right, my yeah, my high school is still the Braves. So I that's pretty good. I don't know how they're here. getting away with it. And it's a picture of, of like an Indian chief is the mascot, really. In a headdress.
2: Yeah. really. Has there yeah. been backlash, Johnny, in South nope. Dakota? None. None. The no, Mandan Sioux da- lived in North Dakota.
3: The Mandan Sioux have not said anything. The Mandan Braves
1: only because they come to us all the way from Henderson, Nevada, from the, the traveling Lyman. the
0: tribe.
1: It was on this day that five doctors at Saint Paul's Anchor Hospital went on strike to pro- to protest the tyrannical ways of hospital director Doctor Arthur Anchor, who suspended Doctor William Frost on unsubstantiated grounds. The striking doctors were later discharged uh, dishonorably from their duties. On May fifteenth, nineteen twenty-three, Anchor would die of a heart attack. While screaming at two surgeons, he accused of not properly washing <laughs> their hands. See, he <laughs> was went. he right? I don't mean to laugh I don't at know. death, but <laughs> I remember Anchor Hospital.
2: Where was it? It was. Really?
1: Uh, it was down behind the uh, Schmidt Brewery area, okay. off West
2: Seventh Street. Okay.
1: And I think its replacement is now just called Ramsey Hospital. Is okay. that the the one off
2: I'll the freeway? I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I'm not sure.
1: In 1931, on this day, Minneapolis-born aviator Charles Speed Holman was killed during an air show in Omaha. He was a pioneer pilot known for aerials. His known aerial stunt was looping, and he had won the U.S. Air Speed Trials in 1950. At his funeral, four planes from the 109th Air Squadron flew past in the first recorded missing man formation. A vacant spot reserved in Holman's memory. St. Paul's downtown airport is named in his honor. Charles Speed Holman. If I'm not mistaken, didn't he also fly under the high bridge? That seems to be ringing a bell. He was a daredevil. Charlie was a daredevil.
2: My favorite memory of um, Holman's airport is when we had a GL outing there yeah. to monitor <laughs> all of the private planes right. flying in for the Super Bowl, and we saw a total of Zero. Zero. Yep. We had a good meal, though. Oh, meal a really good, good meal. Yeah,
1: what's the name of the restaurant? Uh,
2: nice Holman's with, Table. Holman's Table was very good. Mushroom Toast. Mm-mm, that was good. Yeah, that was really Thank good. Thank you, GLers. Ellers. Hey, uh, really quick, to back Johnny's point up, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but when the University of North Dakota changed their name, no, I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah okay. Didn't the Sioux say they they, they were completely fine with the, uh, the The Sioux were fine with it, yes. But Sioux it was, was a bunch of people it. speaking on behalf of the Sioux saying we yes. need to change the name. Correct. I'm glad
0: you. I'm glad, Yes, you're correct. But yeah. I'm glad you brought that back
2: up because when Kenny
0: said that, I thought to myself, "Well, wouldn't the Mandan Braves be named after the Mandan Indians, the tribe that lived in?" Mandan? Well, I thought it was the Mandan Sioux. No, they're, the Mandan is the tribe. They're not Sioux. They're okay. Just Mandan, oh, Mandan oh, I got Indians. you. I got yeah.
3: you. Boy, that, oh yeah. There's a lot to learn. You, no matter how much you learn about the
0: Indian tribes, there's way it's, more. It's very cool to go down to uh, the area where they lived, right off the Missouri. Yeah. And they've they've rebuilt everything. And, and, and the way the,
3: cool. the Sioux and the Ojibwe migrated across America and started fighting with one another and warring, but yet trading at the same time. You know, they talk yeah. about, I could go on and on and on about Native Americans. Coldwater Spring in Minneapolis was a great meeting place of all these warring tribes where they'd actually get together and trade goods. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Did you get all that, Joe? Took, yep. took a little side it's road just, down there. Yeah,
0: it's just uh,
3: <laughs> don't open that can of worms, Ravers.
2: All right. Sorry. <laughs> no,
0: shut
3: up.
2: <laughs> GLers, do us a favor and join the thousands of subscribers to the Garage Logic YouTube channel. We are posting daily content for your amusement on there, and uh, we appreciate you subscribing. And you can also follow us along on all of our social media channels, Facebook, which is John Heights' favorite, Twitter and Instagram, and download that PodMN app for your smart device where you have the chance to win prizes just by listening to us dum-dums on the PodMN app.